Blog Talk Radio. Nobody pray for me. It been a day for me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances. Finessing on them with some counterfeits. But now I'm counting this. Parmesan with my accountant. Look this like I'm counting this. Do say with my boobay. Tastes like too late for the analyst. Girl, I can buy a Westie girl with my face stuff. I know that it's good. Won't you sit it on my taste blood? I get way too busy. Won't you let me do the extra? Pull up on your block and break it down. We playing Tetris. AM to the PM. PM to the AM phone. Nation, welcome to DSR Live, being brought to you by TigerSportsReport.com and the Rivals Network. I'm your host, Isaac Simpson, and you can find me on Twitter at underscore Man Podcast. Again, that's at underscore Man Podcast. You can find my colleague, the founder, creator, and editor of TigerSportsReport.com, Brian Moss. You can find him on Twitter at B-R-Y-A-N underscore Rivals. Again, that's B-R-Y-A-N underscore Rivals to find Brian Moss on Twitter. Man, a lot to talk about today, man. Toby Smith out, Penny Hardaway in as the head coach of your University of Memphis men's basketball team. Expected to be announced probably officially on Tuesday. Uh, so we'll be in anticipation of that. So a lot to talk about. What does that mean for the, the current players uh, over at the University of Memphis? Uh, who could potentially could Penny be bringing in? Who could he be bringing in on his staff? Uh, I got some intel on one guy that would love to be on Penny's staff. We're going to talk about all of that a little bit later on in the show. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can get hit me up at 917-889-9149. Again, that's 917-889-9149. We're going to open up those phone lines in about 20 minutes. But right now, we're going to talk with our, our very special guest we have on the line right now. It's Mr. Keith Easterwood. Keith, how you doing, my man? Isaac, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Thanks for taking a little time to join me today. No problem. Man, but, man, before we get into the elephant in the room, man, what, what's been going on with you, man? Uh, man? Yeah, man, what's been going on with you, man? I heard you about dumping back into the AAU coaching scene with, with the young kids. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been doing this for 35 years, so it kind of gets in your blood. I got into it with my sons, and um, his they were doing YMCA ball and youngsters, and the kids that came up with them were – Marlon Towns, Dorian Davis, Marlon Thomas, Maurice Strong, yeah. Galen Young. And so, you know, five of those guys were top 100 juniors. 
And yeah. I had a pretty good group. I had a sophomore at, at Hamilton named Curtis Murray, uh, DeMond Fuller, who's now the coach of Jackson Northside, went to Memphis. And so Bob Gibbons and an assistant in Alabama sees us in Nashville and gives me Sonny Vaccaro's number. And the rest, as they say, in history, because I got all five of them to go to camp and I worked for Sonny for about 15 <laughs> years. So, it's you know, awesome, so I've done man. a lot of good stuff. Well, I've been blessed to coach a lot of high-level guys and to coach against I mean, if you name somebody from Durant on down, I've been blessed to be on the floor with them. Um, so the game has been meant a lot to me. Obviously, I've seen a lot of good and bad. Um, but, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm 58 years old as of February 28th, and now I've got a group of 12-year-olds. So I've had to temper uh, my language and temper my loudness. And, um, but, I'm, but I'm back to the origins of what it's all about, not yeah. to the gym trying to teach. Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely at the end of the day, that's definitely what it's all about, man, Just, Right, teaching, uh, teaching, and leading these kids to, to learn the right way to to, to play the game. Uh, again, we talked with the great Keith, Keith Easterwood, man, and you kind of talk about that, man. It, it's crazy how they start, how early they start evaluating these kids now. How early did they start? Like fifth grade now? You know, when I started, Sonny only wanted juniors to camp, and Nike was the same way. And then, I think it began around Strohmile Swift. He was a sophomore, um, and Sonny brought him in. Um, and then this, the legend is that George Radley went to Shreveport, Louisiana. And there was only like four schools. He basically tells the mayor of Shreveport, hey, they tell Stromile to be the number one player in the country. If Stromile yeah. will come to the Nike camp, we'll, we'll sponsor eight teams, all four girls' teams, all four boys' teams in the Shreveport area. And so Stromile obviously goes uh, to Nike. But then it got, because of some recruiting services, start ranking guys earlier and earlier, even down to the seventh grade. I think that um, my guy who scoop online, Clark Francis, he goes down yeah. to maybe the fifth grade, which is obscene yeah. to me. It is. Yeah. Um, crazy. But, so, yeah, so then it started being, well, let's take sophomores. I mean, LeBron went as a 10th grader, you know, as a 11th grader. He was the first guy that I knew of that actually he went to the ABCD. He did not play. He left there, went to Nike, and did not play. Guy that Sonny and or the Nike people didn't, you know, didn't make them crap or get off the fence and make a decision. And that's why they had to camp, if you remember, simultaneously the same days. The ABCD in Teaneck, New Jersey, at Fairleigh Dickinson, and the Nike would be at Indianapolis. Sonny sold his, and then it was more blow and go and crossover and get it and go up and down the floor. When you went to Nike, you had to pass the ball four times. So the environment was a little bit different. But they all were yeah. trying to accomplish the same thing, and that's to get the best players to their camp. I mean, it was wild, wild west. It was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed my time being part of it. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's crazy, crazy for sure, man. And it, how how early do you do you know that a kid is going to be a special player? How early do they start basically separating themselves from from their peers? I think if you ask anybody, even college coaches, they'll take the seventh grade. You know, because normally a kid has gone through puberty, so size and things of that nature. Although you do run into, I don't know if you guys know, I'm going to date a lot of people. If you go back to Felix Jones, played at Briarcrest. You know, Felix yeah. um, had helped some young teams win national championships at 12 and 13 and under. He was 6-1. He goes to Briarcrest, and when he graduated, he was 6-1. So you do see some cases like that. Uh, Shea Cotton out of California is a guy that was 6-4, 7th, 8th grade. He graduated 6-4, 7th, 8th grade. Um, I think, personally, it's more a ninth grade deal. Um, but you do have aberrations of – you know, like Anthony Davis, who kept growing, and we've had some guys in Memphis who had growth spurts. Uh, but I think college coaches will tell you that eighth and ninth grade, they can, especially a guy that's done it, and you can kind of identify talent. You can start telling who's who's separating themselves from their peers. Again, we talked with the great 
Keith Easter Ward here on TSR Live. Man, not to the elephant in the room, man. The worst worst kept secret in the history of the universe, I think, man. Early the this worst, week, the worst. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Early this week, I think Penny uh, Penny Hardaway be named will be named the head coach of the University of Memphis Tigers officially. But man, first off, before we get into any of that, man, why why do you think it didn't work here with, with Tubby Smith here in Memphis? I think the people it wasn't Tubby's fault. I think the people that hired him didn't do their due diligence. If you had done your homework and looked at what they said and chronicled in Minnesota, and I knew both the Hollins kid, I coached Andre, um, the lack of fervor for recruiting. And in today's game, you have to be somebody who grinds all the time. Exactly. I mean, I, I've been told by certain assistants that even if they were laid in the bed with their wife and got a phone call, they got to get up and take it if it pertains to recruiting. Yeah. Um, and they didn't and, – and, and Memphis is sudden. I preach this all the time to people because I do radio at different sections around the country – Memphis is just a different animal, number one, because there's a subculture of people in Memphis that are crazy about their program. They're crazy about high school yeah. basketball, you know, the 73 team, the 85 team, what Cal did, and in between, um, we live and die with them. I'm certainly one of those guys, um, and, and I don't think Tubby understood it. I know Cal tried to tell him, hey, and Cal used to tell me, Memphis is a mini Kentucky, which a lot of people take it as a slight. No, it's a compliment, but he never embraced being – the head basketball coach at Memphis um, in terms of people know where you eat, know where you live, know where you buy your clothes, know where your wife buys groceries. Um, <laughs> and then the, then the lack of recruiting because people in Memphis obviously keep up with recruiting. Um, so the lack of recruitment, then what you heard, you know, from the different AAU guys, and you can say what you want, but when you start talking about Northern Herd, the guys with Team Penny, Javante Holmes and those guys, Ernie Kiefer with M33M, Cowboy with the Memphis Magic, um, and a lot of the high school coaches, for some reason, and I can't tell you why, they didn't go out of the way to develop relationships with those guys. And recruiting, a lot of times, it's like sales, it becomes relationships. And, I, I, you know, on the radio with Gary, I never advocated cheating or doing anything, but I did advocate. I mean, Isaac, if you had an AAU program with good players, and I'm a college basketball coach, I want to invite you to a practice. Yeah, and I'm gonna put get, in the work. I'm going to get you – I'm going to get you some gear. I'm going to spend some time with you. You know, and what a good college coach will do is they'll lie to you and say, hey, Isaac, I like what I saw you run last week in Little Rock. No one is bull crap. But then you all of a sudden I'm, I'm feeding into your ego. I mean, I'm old enough now when I start telling me that. I'm like, hey, stop. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. he, did, he didn't do his due diligence, I think, to reach out to the people, the powers that be that are with those kids because there is an intrinsic value and me meeting you at um, whatever gas station or whatever church, we meet at 6 o'clock in the morning to make a weekend trip, and you're riding with me Friday, Saturday, coming home on Sunday, and we replicate that, say, 10 times over the course of the summer, then those kids are spending a lot of time with Hurd or me or Javante or whoever you want to you wanna call out. Um, and so there's a relationship there. I mean, there were many times in the van – I would turn the radio off, make people take their headphones off, and be a DK or whoever. I'd put them on speakerphone, and we might ride for an hour, and the kids are just talking to him. Um, Tubby didn't seize that opportunity. I think the people Penny are talking about bringing in, I already know there's some things going on that they will from a staff standpoint, which is what a lot of people want to talk about. The only one I think is it's a shoe-in, 100% done deal, is Tony Madlock. Um, Tony Madlock, I know. Yeah. Right. I, th- I know Jermaine Johnson's had conversations with the right people. Um, you know, Larry Brown's been mentioned, but 
I think Larry's expressed the fact he didn't want to go on the road and recruit. He doesn't want to put up with a lot of BS. Larry and I have been to clinics, and Larry and Cal used to do this deal where they were being college coaches in and literally walk up and down the floor without a basketball. You know, five coaches may go zone, they may go man, then the other five would debate or argue even, you know, over how to attack that particular defense. And to me it was fascinating, you know, listening to Larry, and usually his opinion trumped everybody else's. Um, but I do think it's Penny. I think it's Tony, whoever you want to fill in the blank, which is a guy that's got some experience um, from an X and O tactical standpoint. I didn't know Penny would like somebody with some NBA experience, which could be Mike Miller. I think Faraj Phillips is going to have a role over there in an operational standpoint. Um, and it's critical so people understand. Penny's got to surround himself with people that he trusts. Uh, I think Javante Holmes stays at East. I think Marcus Golden takes over. The team Penny 17s, which also will be called the um, Bluff City Legends. So the places are there for him to go to Memphis to bring a good staff in, but to keep a support staff there um, to have people on the ground, the grassroots level, to help keep feeding him players. I mean, I don't know if people have seen them. I mean, he redid the East locker room. There's a lot of stuff he's done around town. You know, certainly the team Thad factor in. How will that affect? But I got to believe, and, and I had a guy tell me, a high-level SEC basketball coach tell me, he said, can you imagine Larry Brown and Penny Hardaway pulling in your driveway for a home visit? That's that's <laughs> off the chain. Yeah, that's, that, man, that's crazy, man. Uh, that's a, that's and a if they go into the hood and get... people let them know about it, I mean, they're going to be like 100 people standing outside the house. <laughs> for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, and, and it, and it kind of kind of go back to the subject thing, man. Like you said, it. It just seems like, and, and it's kind of weird to me, with him being a veteran coach like he is, that it just seems like he didn't do his homework on what the Memphis job meant to this city. And like you said, I go around, I've talked to high school coaches, AAU coaches, high-level players in the city, and you get the parents and you get the same thing, that they really, probably just hasn't been there. Uh, he hasn't built the relationships, a lot of the boosters, a lot of dignitaries of this program. He just seemed like he wanted to, to come in and do it his own way and, like you said, even more importantly, it's like this in a lot of places, but I think even in Memphis, even more, you have to build those relationships in order to have the success. And he just, when he kind of came in, he just did not build those relationships. Uh, and, I mean, it ended up costing him. And you, you got to recruit. you got to be in Memphis. And we're used to getting guys here out of Memphis. We have so many high-level players in the city. And if you're not getting those kids, you, you're going to have a problem as the, the Memphis head coach. But, uh, yeah, we're talking with the great Keith Easterwood here on TSR Live. And, I think one of the, the biggest factors or the biggest knocks on Penny for the people that, that are kind of against, against the move that they just made or about to make um, is the experience factor. And you kind of talked about that. We've heard names like Larry Brown. Like, I'm, like you said, I'm not sure Larry wants to be a, a full-time assistant anymore going out on the road with crew. And I think he could be a, a great advisor uh, for Penny. We've heard Paul Hewitt, maybe even a Murray Bartow, names like that. But do you think Penny is ready uh, to step in and be the head coach of a D1 program? Because that's the biggest question out there with this potential hire. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. I do know this. Before Tubby was hired, Penny was given a chance at a be in an official meeting, a casual meeting, or just a conversation to talk Tiger basketball. And the powers that be didn't feel like at that point he had a vision and had a plan. This time around, without question, he had a plan. Um, when you listen to his interviews, and you don't hear a lot from him publicly, but when you listen to his interviews from the state tournament in East, he's articulate. He's careful with his words. He's obviously knowledgeable about the game. 
Um, I think and in today's game, more importantly, he's got his hands on not only high-level players right now, but 18 and 19 in Memphis is going to produce some really, really good players. And I know this, without spitting too many names out, there are some guys on the national level waiting for this to happen uh, because their AAU guys, their high school coaches, or their family members are intrigued by the prospect of their kids getting to play with Penny because think about the demographics of people who, you know, grew up watching Penny be Penny. Watching Penny, yeah. Yeah, now their kids are some of the best players in the country. Um, and so as I talked to people, and again, I think at first I was skeptical, um, but I, I'm, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. A guy called me yesterday, and he's like, you know, he says, like, Wood, I'm at, a, I'm at a liquor store on Perkins, and I go in and get my bottle and other people, and next thing I know, there's 20 <laughs> people in the lobby and the clerk, and we're talking Tiger Hoops for 30 minutes, and you didn't get that before. Um, yeah. You know, a guy told me today, and he says, I mean, John Martin, I talked to him this morning, he said, Keith, we're about to be back to be in Tiger basketball, where at least it's exciting. At least it's exciting. Yeah. Um I think on one hand, there's a concern that maybe Penny has run. I don't want to say it was a rough crowd, but there's no question that some of the guys he grew up with he still hangs out with, plays golf with, or whatever. And that's not necessarily a negative, but as a head coach on the visual level, you can't take everybody with you. So does he filter ticket requests? Does he filter a lot of stuff? I mean, if his boys show up at the practice facility, and it's a close practice. If somebody had the wherewithal to say, hey, you can't come in. Um, you know, yeah. I don't know if Penny's ever had a secretary. So on ticket requests, like, I get tickets to Kentucky every year, and I and I call Lanita. I don't call Cal. And I'm like, hey, Lanita, me and my brother, whoever, we're coming up for whatever game. She's like, I got you too. There'll be a will call. I'll see you. Same way at, at other schools. So he's got to behave and act as a head coach. He's going to have to not – I'm not saying distance himself, from people that's been around, but he's got to carry himself as a head coach um, because he knows so many people in Memphis that he tries to answer every phone call. I mean, Josh did. Josh never, I thought, acted as a head coach because he answered every email. He answered every yeah. phone call. And, yeah. And and Penny's, Penny's going to have other things to do. He already knows how to deal with the boosters because he's, quote, unquote, a booster anyway. He's donated to the school. He's got the uh, Penny Hardaway Hall of Fame. So I'm not worried about that. So he's already around, quote, unquote, the money guys. Um, I think if you do – I talked to a guy earlier today. If you've got the right staff, I think Penny will do radio. I think Madlock would do radio. I think Jermaine would do radio. I think Larry Brown's already doing radio in Memphis. And so you could – and the community is hungry for that, and we didn't get it with the previous staff. You could, in theory, have a staff of three or four people who, whatever station, it could be your station, 92.9, WHBQ, 730, whoever, and they all have a voice with the Tiger staff and their audience does, and that's what people want to hear. Hey, we, you know, we got, you know, Mike Parks is getting better. Uh, this guy's getting better. We got work to do. You know, we, we're thinking of, you know, we're going to play up-tempo. We're going we're gonna to isolate. We're going to play pick-and-rolls a lot. We're going to press a lot. We want to get up and down. Um, I got to think Penny and the people that are around him are going to want to get up and down um, because those are the type of players he's going to recruit. Memphis kids for history have been blow and go up and down pressure basketball teams. Um, you know, Tubby mentioned pressing this year. Josh at one time mentioned pressing as a pressing as a coach. You got to have courage to let those guys press and let them play because sometimes there are people yeah. like 
which is not really coaching. Yeah, you coach because you prepared them at practice in the gym. Um, so I, I think you'll see some of that. Um, Penny did a good job at the state. I watched all the games, changing defenses, substitutions. Um, so I think he's grown as a coach. He won at Leicester Middle. He's been very successful with the team Penny deal, but he's had some high-level guys too. Um, and he can't recruit at Memphis the way he did, you know, in summer basketball. I mean, to win three state championships in a row at East is unprecedented. So, again, the key to me, and we'll find out after the announcement Tuesday, I'm not sure when they announce the staff. Somebody asked me today. I do know and believe without question, everybody does, that Madlock is in. Um, yeah. The makeup of the staff will tell He's me a lot, lot because those are going to be people that kind of steers him in the right or wrong direction, if you will. And you got to hit on something really important there. Uh, basically, you couldn't even – that staff with Tubby, they didn't do interviews. Um, and that's something, especially in Memphis, man. You can't be the head coach of Memphis and shy away from the media. I mean, it was hard as heck to get uh, Tubby or, or Joe, any of those guys. Who saw – you couldn't even, couldn't even get interviews with those guys. They wouldn't talk. Um, and I think that's, that's really something that hurts them as well. you got to be out in the community, and, and you got to have a voice as the Memphis head coach. And for some reason, Tubby just – didn't seem to get that, man. Um, I know we run a little bit long here, but th- there's kind of a notion out here, and I want to get your thoughts on it and see what you think about it. Say three, four years down the line, this thing doesn't work out, doesn't work out, and they end up having to fire Penny. I know a lot, a lot of people go back to, to Larry Finch and the way that whole thing fell out um, and, and how they could damage that relationship between Penny and the university. What, what, do, you, what do you think about, about that aspect? Well, if it goes sour – I think you followed a Georgetown model, you know, and you have to call them in and, and be big boy about it. I was at the pyramid tonight that they started booing Larry, and it hurt, it hurt my feelings because I love Larry Finch. Um, watched him coach at Richland. I watched him coach at Messick. He goes to UAB with Bartow. He comes back with Dana. Then he gets the head coaching job. Um, you know, Sylvester and Marvin don't get suspended that year. God only knows what that team would have looked like. Um, but to see the way Larry got hurt, by the way it was handled and ultimately the health problems and ultimately his death was to be something that I'll never forget. So, I, you know, my, my concern is we've seen this administration over there not handle things correctly. Publicly, yeah. privately, to say the we least. have. I mean, just to be objective about it, there's things, even, even the firing of Tubby they couldn't get right. Um, so let's say three, four years, five years, because I think, I think there's a honeymoon period about to happen we haven't seen. It's going to be unprecedented in the city with the program, even even better than Cal, because Cal was kind of an unknown as far yeah. as what he was going to ultimately accomplish. But Penny's going to be off the chain. Um, so he'll get that honeymoon, I think, if the right guy – I think the kids – this is one of the to, to respond to your comment. Most of those kids on that team, I know this for a fact, they're holding their breath waiting for him to be named the head coach, and they're hoping they get to stay and be part of it. I mean, can you? You're a junior college guy. Tell me, recruit you all of a sudden. You could play a year for Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway. Yeah. Like, they're calling home like, Mom, I get to play <laughs> with Penny Hardaway. Yeah. So that's good stuff. But I think, to a man, almost all of them are holding their breath. You see, nobody's left. And so, to a man, they're hoping they get to stay. Um, I mean, in, in a perfect world, he stays ten years. He wins a if he wins one national championship. Um. Or if they're relevant and they can show consistency in being in the tournament. Memphis people, I think every three years, four years, you know, a Sweet 16, around the 32, I mean, it gets you in there. Look what's going on with some of these programs now. 
we've, we've tasted that success. We want that success again. How great would it be if he's the guy? If not, then rather than bumble it and bobble it to where you sever that tie with arguably the greatest player ever to play over there, um, there would be a way to handle it. And I've had this conversation with other people. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. I don't think Penny's a guy, you know, if he wins in four or five years, he's going to go to jump ship or whatever. Nah. If he surrounds himself with the right foundation of people, and the university is going to support him. I already know some things going on behind the scenes. It's already networking him in with players, which when I heard it, I'm like, yeah, that's that's Memphis stuff right there. Uh, so he's doing things. Things are already, the wheels are already happening. Um, it's just a matter of it happening, getting players, coaching them up, getting them to play, and then sustaining it. And I think the next two or three years, there's no reason they can't. After the 18-19 class, can they go outside of Memphis and bring players in? I think based that's, on yeah, the name, that's, if, the right, thing. If, if the right staff is in place, I mean, if I'm an assistant, I can call you and sell you on getting Penny in your house. Oh, no doubt. There's no, no doubt about that because you – If know, nothing I've else, heard people, you say Penny Hardaway was in the house. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard, I've heard people ask the question of Penny still relevant, uh, and I think that's crazy. I mean, he, shoes are still selling off the shelves. They got the red throw. These kids know who Penny Hardaway is. Yes, they have hey, a, let me, let me a tell rap song. Rap song, guy named Durant is done, man. Yeah. Yeah, last summer, we're coming back from a tournament in Atlanta. My assistant coach is in my truck. Young guy coaches um, a high school team here in Chattanooga. Four of my players in the back seat. You know, and usually they're loud, listening to music, got their headphones on. Everybody's quiet and got their head in their phone. So I'm looking in the mirror and I'm watching and I'm thinking, okay, we're going 75 north going home. So about 10 minutes into it, I'm like, I said, what the hell are y'all doing? And they said, the assistant guy named Carl Williams said, Keith, the pennies are about to drop. I didn't realize he was still putting shoes out. I said, excuse yeah. me? They said, yeah, these phone posits are about to drop. All five yeah, of them phone got their phones on. Yeah, I said, how much are they? They're $279. Yep, $300, man. <laughs> yeah, three to five in the truck with me, got them. You know, <laughs> Keelan gave me a couple pair. Um, when he first got the job, I went in and, you know, Keelan probably gave me more credit for helping than what I deserve, but I went out of my way to try to be positive and help him. So he gave me some gear, and I brought it back. Um, and those phone positives, because I wear a size 15, they make my shoes look, my feet look like clown shoes. So, you know, I actually wound up having a little competition to practice to give them away. Them damn kids were damn way were trying to kill themselves during the competition <laughs> to get these shoes. So, and I've seen Will Fong have a Team Penny B team in Louisville, and other teams would come by and they would look and they would see him and they would come up like 10 strong, like, you know, Penny? I mean, they were just amazed that he was involved. And they tell me on the EYBL circuit, especially the Peach Jam, that they almost have to have security for him because these kids from other teams line up to get his autograph. Parents from other teams line up to get his autograph and take pictures with him. So if you think he's not still relevant in today's basketball game, I mean, look, exactly. I'm telling you, little, little Penny's about to come out of the closet. This stuff could be off the chain. They marketed correctly. Man, real quick, man, last one, man, before we before we end the segment. And I've, I've heard a lot of names of potential players Penny could bring in, but uh, the, the the guy I want to talk about is six nine two zero five four Sharif O'Neal, class of two thousand eighteen, who originally committed to Arizona, <laughs> subsequently decommitted when the accusations came down on Sean Miller. Verbal to, to right. UCLA, but according to, to Mister Easterwood this morning on Twitter, man, uh, a couple of people might have saw a very uh, large human being that happened to be this kid's dad to kill O'Neal around Memphis uh, on yesterday, man. What what have you heard on that, and do you think Penny really has a legitimate shot of bringing this kid in? 
Well, I know Penny and, and Shaq are friends. I've seen the kid play, and I will tell you, Shaq walked out of a high school gym in Atlanta last summer and was so kind to me and my team and just stood into actually from the foyer of the gym. He's got this van that is a quarter-million-dollar van. It's wrapped in Shaq pictures and all that, but that's what the kids AAU team traveled on. And he was kind to us and took pictures and whatever. And, you know, I, I met Shaq the first time when he was 16. I saw him a year ago. If you ever see him, you're not going to confuse him with anybody else. There's a guy <laughs> no, that is a no very, very professional individual in Memphis, longtime Tiger basketball fan, who sends me a text last night that says, I'm in Houston, and Shaq just walked out. And wow. so I said, <laughs> I said, if it's really Shaq, you'll know. He said, no. I said, who was with him? He said, I don't know. I don't know who they were, a white guy, a black guy. There was also rumors about him looking at homes with – you know, it's like John Gruden looked for homes in Knoxville every year. Yeah, but yeah, there's a there's a friend of mine. Yeah, there's a guy that he's not a wine head, a hobo, a hero, a street corner clown, <laughs> or a knucklehead. He's a legit. He's a legitimate professional individual in the Memphis area who's been a long, long time Tiger basketball fan. And even before I went on with you, I texted him, "Were you BSing or were you for sure?" He said, "Keith, I sh- I should have took a picture with him." He said, "I'm telling you, Shaquille O'Neal." walked out of Houston's restaurant as I was walking in. Now, what people on Twitter took it, well, why would he want to coach? No, you got, you, got, you got the game wrong. I think that they're probably talking today because there are problems now at UCLA. Offering them didn't finish well. They got knocked out in the round of four and all that. If you look at that team, it may not be so good. If Penny's talked to him and sold him on what he's sold a lot of people, that I'm about to bring a wealth of talent in here, then any daddy would listen, and certainly Shaq would listen, Um his kid is six eight six nine. He's real bouncy. He's real active. He's probably got to define a position. But he is, if you put him on a Tiger team right now, he's probably one of the top three or four. That's before there's an infusion of other talent. I've watched him play since he was in eighth grade. He's really going to be, whether UCLA or Memphis, he's going to be a good player. Seems to be a really good kid. But I, I think, and I'm reading the tea leaves, that if he's here, if Shaq is here and doing what I'm thinking, there's going to be a conversation possibly about the kid coming here. And yeah, I, I thought it was, you know, I threw it out there, and I picked up like 200 new friends yeah. on Twitter. But after I did, there were actually <laughs> national people, independent of me, who started tweeting that if you think the possibility of Sharif uh, trying to get out of his letter at UCLA and going to Memphis, you think that's not real. You're crazy. Yeah. So here's what I, Penny's I was doing for us already. Though. Yeah, Penny's already opened doors that the previous staff couldn't even get in. Now, can Penny close the deal? Can the staff close the deal? Again, after they announce that staff's going to tell me a whole lot. Yeah, man, it's going to be exciting. Like I said, I think uh, it feels like a, a press conference might be coming on Tuesday, man. But it could be fun times here, like you said, man. A lot of, a lot of speculation, <laughs> a lot of all kind of rumors out there, man, about the players he could bring in. But if he could, like you said, close the deal on a lot of these kids, man, it could be exciting time, especially the next two years here in Memphis, man. But I really appreciate it, Keith, man. Thanks for, thanks for taking a little time to join me here on TSR Live today. Hey, man, I keep up with you. Good luck to you if I can help you. As the kids say, I mean, this thing could be really hyped. I can't wait. I'm excited to see what happens. And so, again, I went from being kind of, eh, I'm on the penny train. Let's see. Let's ride it and see. Let's all get behind him. That's the key. Let's don't be divisive. Let's don't be pissed that Pastor's not here. Let's don't be pissed that Tubby's not here. Let's all get behind this guy who is an iconic, not only Memphian, but a national basketball figure. Let's all get behind him and help him make it happen, and let's all be part of it. Exactly, man. Like I said, man, get behind Penny, get behind his program, because that's what they need right now. Uh, it yeah. just wouldn't, wouldn't happen. Yeah. 
If you're a Tiger fan, you can't get exactly. behind him, then you're not a Tiger fan. Exactly, man. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate it, man. All right, man, my brother, I appreciate you. Good luck. No problem. Appreciate it. Keith Easterwood joining me here on TSR Live, man. I always enjoy his insight. Definitely want to have him on more in the future. I had another call on the line. Saturday, TSR Live. I'm like, my man, I can't be the host man. But they, you know, they look like they're going to fuck with it. You know what I mean? Sorry about that little, little language, man. Uh, I guess they had left the phone. But, uh, again, if you want to get in touch with the program, you give me a call at 917-889-9149. Again, that's 917-889-9149. Just got done talking with the great Keith Easterwood, man. Like I said, really enjoyed his insight. But uh, a lot to talk about, man. It's exciting times, man. Uh, from, from what I'm hearing, it, it appears that we'll have a press conference probably coming on Tuesday to announce the, the best-kept secret here in the history of the world. Uh, Penny Hardaway will be your next head coach at the University of Memphis uh, coming up here on Tuesday. And it's a move, as as you know, uh, as far as media members go, I've been – I was probably one of the most outspoken on, on the thoughts that this, this needed to to happen, uh, that they, they need to make this move and move on from Tubby and move to Penny Hardaway. There's nothing personal against Tubby, and I'm definitely going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But let me go to the phone lines here. Here's our live. Oh, yeah, I was just listening. Oh, was that anything you want to add to the show? Uh, not, not right now. I was just listening. I was just, that, that was amazing to me. That said Shaq was in Memphis. Did his son actually sign to UCLA? He just committed because it's not even signing to him no, yet. He, when no, his son no, he I, I don't. I don't think he, I don't think he actually signed. I think he's just verbal. So I think if, if he decides he want to go to Memphis, I think he's free to, to pull out of it. I don't think he's actually signed his letter in yet. Like, what, what about Lomax? Is Lomax signed? He is. Now, Lomax is signed, but the thing on that is uh, Greg Marshall is rumored to be a candidate, a candidate for Louisville, so if he leaves to go to Louisville, he could get out of that, get out of that letter and intent. But I think I think either way, Lomax is going to end up here, whether it's, he leaves yeah, to go to Preston. Greg Marshall has been a candidate for every job for 10 years. I said Greg Marshall has been a candidate for oh, every yeah. job for 10 years. Yeah, they were even trying to get him here in Memphis when uh, they hired Tubby Smith. But, uh, yeah, he ain't man, not I here, it. so I don't. But okay, we'll yeah, I'm, I'm listening, man. All right, man, appreciate the call. TSR Live. Hey, Isaac, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Who am I speaking with? This, this, this Rory, man. I've been, I've been tweeting you all day back and forth, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. Thanks, well, thanks for calling in, man. Absolutely, man. It was a great interview with Easterwood, man. Uh, I've been listening yeah, to him for over twenty. Yeah, man, I've been listening to Keith for over 20 years. Um, very knowledgeable. Um, my my concern is I hope the administration gives Penny what he needs to be successful. And when I, what, what I say when I mean that is, will they give him the money to be able to hire the right assistant coaches? Yeah. Uh, you, you know what That's I'm saying? That's definitely important. That's very important, man. Well, they, they need to make sure that they, they don't – they cannot – undercut him. They need to make sure that they give him the, the money that he needs to get the right assistant coaches. Uh, that's very important. The right staff is very important. And I'm going to ask you another question. I'm going to hang up and listen. Okay. I know you just got through talking about, about Lomax. Do you think that uh, he can also get Tyler Harris into the fold? And will those guys be able to play together? Man, I like your show so far, man. I'm going to hang up and listen. 
All right, appreciate it. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, but yeah, man, it, uh, but Lomax, he Lomax is actually signed. He has actually signed his letter of intent. I know there was some some thoughts on on the, some confusion about that. Uh, he actually has signed his letter of intent with Wichita State. So uh, Greg Marshall, uh, which anytime a big job comes up, he's always a candidate. He is a candidate for the Louisville job, and if he were to take the Louisville job, I think if I was him, I, I think I would make that move, especially with kind of the way things worked out with Wichita State this year. I think coming over to the AAC was might have been a little bit tougher than they expected it to be, uh, lost in the first round of the, the NCAA tournament. Um, I, I think this might be a good time for Greg Marshall to finally make that jump, and if he does, uh, Lomas can get out of that letter of intent and, and sign with the University of Memphis, but if not, he would have to transfer, sit out a year, uh, possibly go to prep school. But I, I think Lomax ends up here. Uh, his relationship with, with Penny is, is so strong. I mean, he basically lives with the guy. Um, I know Lomax is on record saying that Penny is like an uncle to him. And I find it hard to believe that he would stick, especially we, we're not even talking about a school like Kentucky. We're talking about Wichita State, which for all their success, they're not Kentucky, Duke, or anything like that. I, I think what, I think Lomax ends up in Memphis, whether it's next season we he has to sit up a year and ends out here in 19. But when you talk about Tyler Harris, I think Tyler Harris is a shoe-winger. I think Tyler Harris is a lock at this point. He went on a visit to Baylor this weekend, um, and I always said if he got out of that 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 visit without committing to Baylor, uh, that he was going to be Memphis a Memphis commit, and and I still believe that. I think he is back in Memphis now, and I think I don't see any way uh, Penny lets Tyler Harris get out of here. Memphis was already recruiting him hard. I guess he was kind of kind of waiting to see how things played out with Tubby. Now that Penny's at the M, I, I think I think you can pretty much book Tyler Harris will be a Memphis Tiger. And I, I think they can play together. Uh, I really do. Tyler's a smaller guard. And, and you think about how they could play out. If if Lomax has to sit out a year, it definitely works itself out because Jeremiah will be gone at that point. Um, you bring him in next year. Uh, but but I can see them playing together, especially with Tyler's size. I think you can get away with – in college, I think you can get away with a, a smaller guy playing some minutes at shooting guard. They they can make it work. Uh, talent is the issue. And when you got talent, you can find a way – to make it work, but like I said, I think Tyler Harris is a lock for Memphis, and, and I, I think Alex Lomax will be here whether it's this coming season or in 2019. But I know the caller on the line, our Live, who am I speaking with? Yeah, Isaac, it's me again. You, you, uh, I, just, I just spoke with you a second ago. You keep popping me back in and hanging up on me. I had to call oh, okay. back because you keep hanging up on me. <laughs> hey, but look, let me add something to that. About the Tyler situation? Yeah. It's exclusive. I I heard from his mama mouth that he's committing to Memphis. Really? Like, yeah, it's man, I, I, I believe it. Man, yeah, she, assuming, assuming, All right, listen, listen. Was... She told us last week that Penny told them she was going to be the coach and she and he won Tyler. This is almost two weeks ago she told us this. Hey, I this believe Peggy Harris out of her own mouth. So that's, everybody can yeah. stop asking questions about that. That's done. Only reason he went to Baylor is because the the visit was already set up and he didn't want yeah. to cancel. He didn't even want to go. Yeah, man. Well, that, that, that's I, I'm with one of his family members. Like I'm, I'm around one of his family members right now. They they just they just waiting on Penny to be announced coach. Hey, well, let's that's, go. Everybody, man. So, uh, everybody's listening. They that sign still delivered. But quit hanging up on All me, right. guys. I'm trying to listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, so we got a, got an exclusive right there, man. Said he heard it from the horse's mouth. Uh, Tyler Harrison's mom said that he's committing to the University of Memphis. So uh, I, I believe that believe that anyway. But as soon as it was announced that Penny was going to be the coach, there was no doubt in my mind that Tyler Harris was going to be a, a Memphis Tiger. 
I mean, for you to think that he was already considering Memphis under Tubby, uh, if, when he, Penny comes in like that, I mean, you can tell Penny, Penny was sending a message. Uh, Penny was sending a message a, after the game against Easton court, court over uh, when he was taking that picture with, with Tyler Harris and Lomax. That wasn't a coincidence. Uh, he knew what he was doing when he took that picture. He was sending a, a, a message to University of Memphis administration that I can get Tyler Harris. I can get Alex Lomax. And uh, like I said, from, from, from just Gary from the horse's mouth, man, Tyler Harris will be a Memphis Tiger. I believe that, and I'm excited about it. But when, when you look at this, again, if you want to get in touch with the program, you can call it 917-889-9149. Again, that's 917-889-9149. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Man K Podcast. Again, it's at underscore Man K Podcast if you want to add anything to the program and give your thoughts on, on what's going on because it's definitely definitely a lot to talk about. A lot of rumors, uh, as Keith Easterwood said, added on a, uh, from a great source that uh, Shaquille O'Neal was at Houston's restaurant uh, on Poplar last night. And to me, that can only mean one thing. You know, you had some people taking that as meaning that he's about to add Shaq to the staff. Now, I think that's craziness. Why would Shaq come make $35,000 on, on the Memphis bench when he feels rich already. He has a job with Turner Sports. And he's not about to be a coach, but does have a five-star son, uh, Sharif O'Neal. And we had some intel here at TigerSportsReport.com that said that Penny told the, the Memphis administration that Sharif O'Neal was one of the kids that he could bring in uh, when, when, when he talked to some of the boosters about possibly being the next coach. Uh, he said Sharif O'Neal was a guy that he believed he could get. And you put two and two together, Shaq's in town, I think, that's uh, a positive sign for Memphis, and, and that actually happening. But when you look at this roster um, and, and the guys that are already on it, uh, Memphis does have some APR issues. Uh, with, and if you're not sure what APR means, that means academic progress report, which means kids that play basically play on a basketball team, whether they graduate or not, uh, graduate from the University of Memphis. And over over the last several years, whether you go back to Josh Pastner. Um, and, and old, under Tubby Smith after his first year, a lot of a lot of kids transferred out of here. Uh, so that APR is not where you want it to be right now. So Penny can't necessarily come in here and exact a clean house. Um, he's got to end up keeping a lot of these kids. And I'm going to look at the roster right now and give you my thoughts on what I think happens. First off, at the top of the roster, Jeremiah Martin, 100% lock it down. Jeremiah Martin is going to be on this roster. No way uh, Penny's getting rid of Jeremiah. What a what a season Jeremiah Martin had, man. I knew. He had another level he could get to, but leading scorer in the AAC, I think he got shafted. Leading scorer in the AAC, but made second team all AAC. I still don't understand that one, but uh, great improvement, man. I think Jeremiah Martin, a lot of people were saying Jeremiah was just, the numbers that he was putting up was just a product of this roster not having enough talent on it. But, I mean, Jeremiah showed that he was for real. Uh, I mean, he just carried this team. Um, I know a lot of people have said that the team is, some people have said the team was better uh, without Jeremiah Martin. You had to look at the ball movement was a little bit better, and I think that comes from Jeremiah being so good that a lot of times they just stand around and watch him and, and, and hope he ends up bailing them out. Uh, but Jeremiah Martin uh, really improved. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the better guards in the country next year, and he will 100% be back on this University of Memphis roster. Now, Kevin Davenport uh, was probably the second-best player on this team, really consistent all year long. Uh, energy play, he gave you rebounds, uh, led the team in blocks. Uh, there was some talk that uh, Keevan was thinking about possibly leaving and heading back to Georgia before Tubby left. Now, now that Penny is the coach, I haven't had the opportunity to speak with him. I'm not, not sure where his head is on that, but I would think that he would be excited to, to be able to play 
just like Keith Easterwood said, uh, a Chuko kid coming in here committed to Tubby Smith. Now you're seeing you have the opportunity to play with a legend, a guy like Penny Hardaway. I can't see you want to walk out on that, uh, to have that opportunity. I know they all said they were loyal, loyal to Tubby, and I, I understand that. I mean, he's the guy that took a chance to the only them, brought him from Juco to D1, um, and gave him an opportunity to play. But, man, to have an opportunity to play with, with Penny Hardaway, play for Penny Hardaway and the type of players that he might be about to bring in here, man, I, I, I can't see Keevan walking out on that. So I definitely think Keevan Davenport will be on this roster, and I think they'll be better forward. Rainier Thornton is a guy who, who really struggled early. Um, I think him and Tubby kind of kind of bumped heads a little bit there early on what what his role would be. Even even fell in the doghouse where he fell out of the rotation um, at one point about midway through the season. wasn't getting a lot of minutes. Uh, Jeremiah Martin went down that Houston game, and man, guy looked like a a a, a, a power forward version of, of Steph Curry out there, man, knocking down threes all over the floor. Uh, really really improved his game and and showed flashes of what Tubby thought he was getting when he brought Rainier Thorne in here. And if I'm Penny, I'm bringing Rainier back. Um, Penny's going to need that foundation to go along with the other kids that he's going to bring in here because uh, he's going to need that foundation of those veteran guys to kind of fill in some of those gaps in talent to get him settled in in his first year. Uh, so I think bringing back the bulk of the, the good Juco uh, guys, I think, is just bad, bad. And I think Rainier fits into that category as a guy that he should bring back. Mike Parks Jr., a guy who, who also really struggled early, didn't really show much. Uh, until they reached conference play. Once they got into conference play, I think Mike Parks really gave Memphis that, that inside presence that they didn't have early in the season. Uh, they really lacked that. I think that's one of the reasons why they really struggled. Uh, but Mike Parks came in to, uh, to kind of take it back. Uh, I'm not that old. I was young with that, but, but kind of a, a modern-day Chris Massey, uh, so to speak, Mike Parks. Not not athletic, not really athletic, but you can dump it down in there and he just finds a way to score, uh, kind of in that, that Chris Massey or even a Zach randolph like. Uh, mode that we, we saw with the Grizzlies, just just fun, somehow great hand, um, able to catch those one-hand passes and, and get down down under the paint and able to score down there. And I think that's something that's valuable. Um, I think Penny's going to need that. You need that inside scoring presence because we're not not a lot of bigs uh, that we're talking about bringing in. Not really fives, maybe some 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 long lanky forwards, but not really any bulk on the inside. And I think Mike Parks can fill that role for him next year. Now Jamal Johnson is a guy shooter. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting on him because uh, we saw late in the season, even during a time where Jamal Johnson wasn't even playing well, wasn't was struggling. I think after they lost to ECU, um, his dad, former NBA player Buck Johnson, came out and, and gave Tubby the vote of confidence and talked about how much he loved what Tubby was doing with the team and his son and, and his development. Uh, I think Jamal Johnson could be a candidate for transfer because uh, his dad seemed to be really loyal to Tubby, if, if I'm Penny Hardaway, I would want Jamal Johnson on this roster, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see if Jamal wants to stay because, like I said, his, his dad seemed to be really, really a Tubby guy now that this the University of Memphis has gotten rid of Tubby. I'm not sure how they're, they're actually feeling about this situation, so that's definitely going to be one to watch. Uh, Kareem Bruton is a guy who really stepped in when Jeremiah went down and, and showed that he's a good player. He's up and down, uh, hit big shots, game winner against Temple. Um, and, and also uh, hit a, hit another game winner in, in the AAC tournament uh, to, to to win games for Memphis. It showed that knack to hit big shots, and it really came really came in and gave great minutes and continued to play well uh, without Jeremiah Martin. And I think Kareem Bruton is another guard that I think, if I'm Penny, uh, especially with the APR situation, not really want to get rid of uh, the whole team. I think Kareem Bruton is a guy 
that I would want to bring back also to to help for some stability. Now after that, um, it gets kind of dicey. Malik Rhodes is a guy who who came in man, suspended at one point. Hashtag free leak on Twitter uh, and, and, and Instagram. Uh, really, really struggled there, but somehow that seemed to motivate him. Really played well as backup point guard for this team down the stretch. But I think he's probably out of here. Victor Eno, uh, I, I don't see him being back. Now David Nickelberry um, is an interesting one. I think. If Tubby was back, we all 100% David Nickelberry was out of here if, if Tubby came back. But now that Penny's the coach, you, you see his size and his skill set. He, he definitely needs to work on, on, on his lateral quickness um, and his defensive uh, abilities. But you, you see something there, man. He has the body. Um, he's, a, he's a good passer for his size, a good dribbler uh, for his size. And you see something there. And we'll see if Penny wants to keep him and if he wants to stay here. Um, I think now that, that Tubby Smith is out of here because they didn't get along at all. Uh, they butted heads all year. Uh, but now that Tubby is out of here, we'll see if David Nickelberry might want to stick around uh, and stick around and see what Penny can get out of him. It would be nice to have a, a kid that's a freshman that's not a one-and-done, a two-and-done type player that's going to be around here a while to see how he develops. I, I would like to see David Nickelberry back. Uh, Kareem Azar uh, will probably end up going back to Egypt. And we know Myron Jones, uh, four-star Four-star combo guard, um, Connor Vandover, seven-four center, uh, where Tubby's commit for the 2018 class. Both have subsequently asked for their, asked for their release and been granted it. Uh, now, Myron Jones has said that he's still open to coming to the University of Memphis if, if Tubby wants him and wants to re-recruit him. But I, I don't think we'll ever see Myron Jones in a in a Memphis Tiger uniform. I think Penny has his eyes set higher than that. A lot of guards Penny is thinking about bringing in, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, but, again, the guys that I expect back 100%, uh, Jeremiah Martin, Keevan Davenport, Rainier Thorne, Mike Park, um, and Kareem Bruton, and Jamal Johnson and David Nickelberry are, are the two question marks out there uh, to see if they decide to transfer, if Penny would still want them. I, I would want them if I were Penny, but we'll see how that plays out. But the other guys, I think, I think those guys, the starting lineup guys, will be back for sure. Um, but like I said, you can't, can't just come in and clean house with the APR issues. Again, if you want to jump in here on TSR Live, you have any thoughts on, on Penny, uh, on w- what this means for the program, uh, 917-889-9149. Again, that's 917-889-9149. I kind of want to go back and, and talk about Tubby a little bit. Uh, a- as you know, I- I've been accused of being a-, a Tubby hater, Tubby basher, and I admit that I have been outspoken on my thoughts on, and I, and I said it from the jump, uh, back when I was at, at AM 730 uh, on my show there, the Man Cave, Man Cave Sports Show. I, I said it then when they made the hire of Tubby that I felt like it was the wrong hire for a lot of reasons. And I think it was a mistake by the administration to bring him in in the first place because I always said when you look at the last two Memphis coaches and John Calipari and, and Josh Patton, they were both rah-rah guys, both guys that are always looking – looking for a microphone, they're outspoken, they're in the community, they're, they're glad-handing, shaking hands, kissing babies, as they say, uh, out out working, just out in the community. You, you see them out around town, it's just, just always out, always in the public. And Tubby was the absolute opposite of that. And I think they purposely went with someone the absolute opposite of, of Josh Pastor because they had went the route of hiring a young guy with no experience and they wanted to go the complete opposite direction and hire an older guy with a lot of experience to kind of 
kind of stabilize the program, especially at that time they were thinking they were going to get into the Big 12. And Memphis kind of has a negative connotation around the nation for things they've had, recruiting violations they've had uh, coming out of Josh Pat, coming out of the Calipari era and things that happened back in the 70s and early 80s. They kind of had a bad reputation. I think they felt like having Tubby Smith as the face of the program as you were trying to get into Big 12 would, would kind of help them uh, clean up their image uh, with the face being Tubby Smith that you wouldn't have that, that same image that you might have had on a, on a John Calipari or something like that. Uh, and I think it backfired and blew up in their face. Uh, like I said, Tubby has never been known as a worker or, or as far as on the recruiting side of things. Now, X's and O's wise, like I said, all year, I have no no issues with Tubby as a man and Tubby as an X and O's coach. It's just everything else that goes along with with being in, 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 in charge of a D1 program at this day and age, he just don't get it. He just never seemed to to get what it means to be the coach here in Memphis. And, and, and as I talked with Keith Richard earlier, I told him it kind of surprises me with him being around as long as he has that he didn't understand that when he took this job. I mean, Memphis is a different beast. It probably might be different than anywhere else in the world. I think the only the closest relationship between a city and a and a program like that I could think of is probably Louisville uh, that, that has the same kind of passion for the program. But Tiger basketball is everything in this city, and, and you can't get away with being lazy and recruiting. People are going to criticize everything you do in this city as the head coach of the University of Memphis basketball team. And if, if they see you not out working and working like they feel like you should be, they're going to call you out on it. And I just never felt like from, from the jump, I've heard from, from dignitaries to boosters to high school coaches that I've talked to, to players, to parents, you get the same refrain every time you talk to any of them that they really haven't seen the effort. And, and, and I think another downfall of his is, and, and you go back to, to the Lawson thing. Now, Tubby had an opportunity to keep Keaton Lawson, Lawson on staff. But instead, he, he changed his position and, and kept his son, Saul, and Pooh on staff, who bring you absolutely nothing in recruiting. And I think that really helped his downfall. They had one guy on that staff that really worked over there. That's my man, Espo, Joe Esposito. And he's the guy that I really feel bad for in, in this situation, that he had to lose his job because he worked hard and was the only guy over there working and recruiting. Like, I, I shudder to think what that roster would look like without Joe Esposito. I mean, as, as much as we talked about the talent level not being enough, if it wasn't for Joe Esposito, I, I don't know. We'd probably have a D3 roster over there. Uh, what had, I, I don't even know what the roster would look like. They might, would they have even had enough players to fill a team? They probably would have had open trials for all walk-ons if it hadn't been for Joe Esposito because he was the only guy over there working. Every guy that they got over there, you can when you look back down to it and and, and follow the trail of recruiting, Joe Esposito was the guy that got those guys here. Uh, so I feel sorry for Joe Esposito. But you look back, man, and this thing was it was a, a failure from the start. It, it just Tubby was never the right fit for this program. On the sideline-wise, I, I think, like I said, he's great. Uh, he's a great guy to be around uh, for these kids, a mentor, a guy that's experienced. But as far as everything else you need to, to, get, to put butts in the seats, to, to sell the program, to, to go out and get the, the Memphis recruits that he needs to get to keep the butts in the seat. He just was never going to be that guy. And, and people always want to go back to Josh Pastner and, and bring up Josh Pastner. And I'm like, okay, just because they gave Josh Pastner seven odd years to, to, to run the program in the ground, you hire Tubby, and if you see the thing is not getting any better, it's actually getting worse. You take the financial reports 
and they lost over $1 million in donations, and it was going to be even higher next year if they had brought something back. When they bring, Well, anyway, the, the next report is going to come out for this year. It's going to be even worse than the last one. And I'm saying that you're talking about Josh Pastor, but Tubby wasn't the solution. If if a guy's not the solution, you don't say, oh, just because you gave Josh Pastor seven years, you got to give him more than two years. If you see that it's not right, if you're bleeding, you got to try to stop it. You don't wait till you bleed out and then say, oh, well, uh, since we let we bled out last time, we're going we're gonna to bleed out again just because we allowed this guy to stay here too long. You could see at the end, you, could, you knew at the end of last year that this move needs to be made. I mean, you could say give him time, but give him time for what? Does, does anybody really believe that Tubby was going to get put back in the seats at FedEx Forum? Did you see anything coming out? Did you see anything in recruiting that showed you that this was going to change dr- dramatically over the next couple of years? I mean, if they had kept him out past next year, all those JUCOs were going to be graduating, and he would have to bring in a whole new team. Do you really trust this staff to build a whole roster here that's worth it? The thing was going to get worse. There, there's no doubt about it. And if you know that, why are you hanging on to the guy? It was time to make the move, and they made I mean, you got a guy right here in the city, an esteemed alum, a legend, and Penny Hardaway who wanted the job, wanted it two years ago. Uh, they should have hired him then. But they got it right this time. A guy who wants a job, a guy who has all these connections to these kids, a guy who can build a national brand. It's just in a little time that we talked about this already. Memphis is making national news, whether it's negative or positive. They're still talking about Memphis nationally, which hasn't happened in years. Uh, a guy that can bring that national brand, Nike backers, has, like I said, connections to all these kids, connections to people around the country, coaches. Just, I mean, it, it's going to be insane what, what it's going to be like with Penny Hardaway at the hammer of this program. And I think this coming Tuesday when, when Penny Hardaway is announced as the next coach of your University of Memphis men's basketball team, I think it's going to be a fantastic day for this city and to get this program moving forward. I mean, people are already lining up at the ticket office to buy tickets. I mean, how, how amazing is that? Just on the speculation that Penny is going to be the next coach of the University of Memphis. And a guy, a guy that loves this program. And one thing that, that, that I, I, I've talked about about Penny if this guy is a millionaire, but he's overcoaching basketball at East High School, again, this guy's a millionaire and he's coaching high school basketball. And what does, what does that show you? That shows you that this guy cares about the game of basketball. He cares about teaching kids, and he wants to be great. As a coach, it doesn't have, it doesn't have anything to do with the money. He has the money. This guy wants to be the coach of the University of Memphis because he wants to bring this program back to prominence. He knows what this program should be. Uh, after his interview, after winning his third straight gold ball up in Murfreesboro on, on Saturday, uh, he said they asked him post game what needs to be done to get this program back, and he said you got to get people coming back to the game. And basically, quote unquote, said they were coming to the games when I was there, and that's all I know. And I thought that was a great quote. Uh, he still won't won't admit that 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 he's about to be the coach, but I mean, like I said, the worst kept secret in the history of the universe here, uh, but but he hit it right on the nail. you got to get butts back in the seats. This program means so much to this city, and it's been sad as someone who covers the team, a lifelong fan, an alum of the university, to, to be sitting there on press row and looking up in the stands and you're seeing 800, 900 people there. That is not Tiger basketball. And Tuesday, do we have a chance to fix that? And I think that's exactly what's going to happen when Penny Hardaway it's named the coach of the University of Memphis men's basketball team. But uh, if you want to jump in here, uh, you can give me a call at 
917-889-9149. Again, that's 917-889-9149. As we talked about, a a lot of speculation on on players that Penny could bring in. I've just talked about the players that I think he'll keep on the roster, uh, but now I want to talk about the names that I've heard that he could bring in. Uh, We had some intel over, like I said, here at TigerSportsReport.com and told us some of the players that that Penny kind of talked about that he felt that he could bring in. And the number one player on the list, let's talk about the big fish first. The number one player on that list is 16, 210-pound forward James Wiseman, who was the number two player overall in the class of 2019, according to Rivals. Um, Now, there's been a lot of speculation on whether whether James will reclassify to 2018. Uh, From people I've talked to, he doesn't really want to reclassify. He wants to stay class of 219 and play senior year. I mean, if you watch the games over the weekend at, at, at the state championship, he really really seemed to be enjoying himself, really seemed to be having a lot of fun uh, playing with his teammates over there at East. It's going to be going to be interesting to see who takes over uh, as the head coach over there at East and, and how that goes. I, I've heard that Penny wants him to reclassify for 2018. Now, it's been thought that he was a, a Kentucky lean all this time, but if you start to look at the, the predictions now, most people thinking – that, he, that they're leaning toward Memphis for James Wiseman. And I always – I talk about it all year. I said that if Penny is in, does end up being the next coach at the University of Memphis, and he could – I felt I always felt he could deliver James Wiseman. And this is why. James Wiseman was at one of the most prestigious private schools in the country up in Nashville. And Penny Hardaway got him and his whole family to move from Nashville down here to Memphis to go to East High School just to play for Penny Hardaway. Now, James Wiseman I'm sure thinks he's going to be a one-and-done kid anyway. Why would you leave here and go to Kentucky when you have the opportunity to play for the guy that you just moved all the way from Nashville for to Memphis because you said you wanted him to mentor you? Why would you leave and go to Kentucky when you could play for this guy for one year right here? Family's already here. Don't have to move. Don't have to do anything. You're a one-and-done kid anyway, or you believe that you are. Why would you leave Memphis and go up to Lexington when you could play right here, family could stay where they are, and play right at the University of Memphis? It just makes too much sense. Um, but that's definitely going to be one to watch. Um, I, I don't think he ends up reclassified. I think he stays 2019, but I think he will definitely be part of Penny Hardaway's 2019 class. I think James Wiseman will be a Memphis Tiger. Now, Anthony Simons is a 6'4", 180-pound shooting guard, five-star shooting guard, uh, ranked 13 overall in the class of 2018. Uh, was originally a Louisville commit, but when all the FBI stuff came down, ends up decommitting from there. Uh, went down to IMG Academy down in Florida. It's a, it's, it's a fifth-year kid. There's some thought that he could go pro. Uh, would have been a fifth-year kid, graduated from high school last year. He does have that opportunity to, to leave IMG and enter the NBA draft. Uh, there's been a lot of different different thoughts on, on whether he'll do that or not. I've seen some that says, he, he's going pro for sure. I've heard some say that it doesn't look like he's going pro. But uh, notice the name Anthony Simon. Anthony was actually named after Penny Hardaway. Um, his parents named him after Penny Hardaway. And he plays down at IMG Academy with Penny Hardaway's son, Jaden Hardaway. And Anthony is one of the, the guys that Penny Hardaway told this administration that he felt like he could deliver if he was the head coach of the University of Memphis. And as I said, he's a – a 6'4", 180-pound two-guard, five-star, ranked 13 overall in the class of 2018. And what, what do you think about having him in that lineup next year? Uh, you think about having him, Jeremiah. We're going to talk about some more guards here in a minute. It's just amazing how the possibilities 
that we could be looking at over the next seven several weeks. But Anthony Simons would definitely be a welcome addition. When is the last time we had a five star kid here? Uh, it, it's been a minute uh, since we had the Tubby couldn't even get into the door of these kind of kids. So even to even have the speculation of possibly being able to get these kids is it, really amazing. But Anthony Simons is definitely one to watch. Like I said, kid named after Penny, five star, thirteen player in the class of 2018 is a real possibility that you can see Anthony Simons at the University of Memphis. I think if he goes to college, the University of Memphis will be where he goes. The only way he doesn't isn't here is if he ends up entering the NBA draft. Now, Sharif O'Neal, uh, 6'9", 200-pound, five-star power forward out of Crossroads High School in Santa Monica, California, is the 28th-ranked player in the class of 2018, according to rivals. Um uh, from, from what I understand, he originally committed to Arizona uh, when the stuff went down uh, about the wiretap with John Miller, DeAndre Aiden, et cetera, pay for play. Uh, he decommitted to, from Arizona uh, and verbal to UCLA. Now, from what I've understood, he hasn't actually signed with UCLA. He's just verbal. So, and, of course, he's the son of Shaquille O'Neal, who, according to Keith Easterwood and, and some other people around town, got great sources that Shaquille O'Neal was here in Memphis last night. And I know some people have speculated that he was here because Penny was going to hire him as coach. I think that was just dumb. I don't know why anybody would think that. That guy's not going to sit on anybody's bench. Uh, but but you put two and two together uh, with Penny possibly being announced to coach Tuesday. He had to have been here to talk to Penny about Sharif. And it's just amazing to think that the talent – I talked about on Twitter earlier today how exciting this would be. To, to be able to have these kids. I mean, think about it, if he reclassifies, you got Jane Wiseman, Anthony Simons, Sharif O'Neal. I mean, these are kids that we couldn't even dream about getting a month, a month or two ago. Like, these kids weren't even on the radar. You look at the list and look at the schools that these kids had uh, on their list, and they didn't have schools like Memphis on their list. And to, to think now that we have a real possibility to be able to get these kids is amazing. But, again, Sharif O'Neal, son of Shaquille O'Neal, 6'9", 200-pound, Five-star power forward, uh, ranked 28th overall in the class of 2018, according to rivals. Um, looks like there's a chance that he could be in a Tiger uniform next year. Uh, DJ Jeffries, uh, 6'7", 200-pound, four-star forward, 47th-ranked player in the class of 2019, is, of course, uh, committed to, to Kentucky. Now, he hasn't signed his NLI, uh, and DJ Jeffries played for Team Penny EYBL, uh, they, Penny has a great relationship with DJ and his family, uh, really, really close. And I think someone asked me earlier today, do I think we have a real shot at getting DJ at Memphis? And, and I do. With the relationship that they have, uh, DJ Jeffries is a junior now. He's a 2019 kid. I, I think Penny can work on him. As long as he doesn't sign that letter of intent, I think Penny has a great chance to get in his ear with him being here in the city. Uh, get in his ear and, and get him to possibly decommit from Kentucky. I know a lot of people think that's crazy, but you have to look at the relationship that him and Penny had. It's not. It's not like this is just some kid that that and, and that Penny doesn't have a relationship with. Penny has a strong relationship with this kid, and he has all the time in the world to work on this kid. Like I said, kid's just a sophomore, so if he can keep him inside that NLI um, and keep working on him and keep working on him day in and day out, I think Penny has a real real good shot of reeling DJ in. I, I really do believe that. And, I mean, just going down this list, man, and Tyler Harris, uh, as, my, as my guy just told him, he, he said he has it uh, from the horse's mouth. Tyler's mom saying that he's committed to the University of Memphis. I, 
Now, once once Tubby was 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 fired and, and Penny was brought in, I, I knew ninety nine percent that Tyler Harris would be a Memphis Tiger. I mean, you think that the kid was already considering Memphis under Tubby to get to play for a guy like Penny Hardaway? Like I said, after the Cordova East game, Penny took that picture with with Lomax and, and Tyler. That picture wasn't taken by a coincidence. That was purposely done as a message to this University of Memphis administration to let them know that I'm the guy. I can get these two guys here at the University of Memphis. I think Tyler Harris, out of all these guys on this list, I think Tyler Harris is a 100% lock. There's no doubt in my mind that Tyler Harris is going to be a Memphis Tiger. Uh, but And you looked at Alex Lomax, and we talked about that. Alex Lomax, of course, played at East High School for Penny. 5'11", 185-pound, four-star point guard, 122nd-ranked player in the class of 2019. Uh, guy basically lives with Penny, spends a lot of time with Penny, um, has said in the past that Penny is like an uncle to him. Uh, he has actually signed his letter of intent with Wichita State. Uh, but as I talked about earlier, Greg Marshall is a candidate for the Louisville job. So if he were to take – and Greg Marshall is always a candidate for jobs. But I think this would be a good time for him to jump. Uh, Jeff moved to the AAC. Uh, I think they struggled a little bit more than they thought they would. He might think, well, maybe we won't have the success that we've had back in the Missouri Valley. This might be a good time to jump. I think if I were him, I would take that Louisville job, and that would be good for Alex Lomax because it would get him out of his uh, letter of intent, and he could actually sign with Memphis and play next year. But if not, uh, I still think Alex Lomax ends up here whereas he decommits and goes to – to, to prep school for a year, or he just gets out of it and sits out a year and comes to Memphis in 19. I think regardless of whether it's here in, in 2018 or in 2019, I think Alex Lomax will be a Memphis Tiger. Like I said, too much of a relationship with Penny to, to I think, to leave here to go to Wichita State because it's not like we're talking about Kentucky and Duke, like Kentucky like we're talking about with D.J. Jeffries. This is not even that. I mean, we're talking Wichita State, which had, have had a lot of success in their own right, but it's not one of the Blue Blood programs. With the relationship we have with Penny, I can't see him keeping a commitment to Wichita State when he could play for Penny right here in his own hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. Now, another name I've heard is Taylor Horton Tucker, who was a 6'5", 210-pound, four-star shooting guard, uh, who was the, the 31st-ranked player in the class of 2018. Now, he is committed and signed uh, to Iowa State, but according to our intel here at TigerSportsReport.com, we've been told that Penny believes he can he can he, he can bring this kid in. Uh, well, now why that is, I don't know. Uh, now he did see Taylor Horton Tucker on the EYBL circuit, um, and maybe he had a uh, talk with him then and, and, and built a relationship with him. Uh, but th- this kid can play. Uh, like I said, nice size for the two guard position at six five, two hundred and ten pounds. Um, I think would be a great addition. He would have to sit out a year unless he was able to be let out of his national letter of intent, which I don't see any reason why Iowa State would do that. So. If he does get this kid, he would have to sit out a year and wouldn't be available to play for the Tigers until 2019. But like I said, we've been told here at TSR that Taylor Horton Tucker is a possibility for the University of Memphis. Mm -hmm. Now, Parker Stewart is a 6'5", 190-pound guard, originally out of Union City, Tennessee. He uh, played at Pitt this season, averaging 9.1 points, 3.3 rebounds, and assists, and more importantly, 38.6% from downtown on close to six attempts per game. Um, he's asked for his full unconditional release after the firing of Kevin Stallings up at Pitt. Now, now, why would this guy be in play for Memphis, you ask? Uh, Parker Stewart actually played for Team Penny EYBL. Uh, so, Penny has a relationship with this kid, and you think about the timing, interesting timing. As soon as this Penny news came out, he asked for his 
full unconditional release. He's from Union City, which is, is a little bit up the road, uh, not far at all. I, mean, I think if you can connect the dots here, I think I think Parker Stewart is a possibility that you could see him at the University of Memphis. And you're going to need kids like this. Uh, you can't have all five and four stars on your team. And this kid, not the most athletic kid, uh, but he's skilled and a really, really good shooter. And, and you can always use shooting on your team. Um, and Parker Stewart, great size, again, as I talked about with, uh, like, Taylor Norton Tucker, 6'5", uh, combo guard, 6'5", 190 pounds. I think he would be a great role player for Penny to go along with the possibility of these bigger five and four stars and, and the Jucos that remain. And I think he'd be a nice piece to have for Penny off the bench to come in for some shooting. And you also got to think about uh, Penny's son, Jaden Hardaway, uh, who plays down at IMG Academy uh, with Anthony Simons. He's 6'4", 175 pounds, a two-guard. Um, like I said, teammate of Anthony Simons at IMG down in Florida. Um, I, I think you'll probably see him at Memphis, whether it's as a walk-on or, or a scholarship player. I think Jaden Hardaway will be at Memphis, a kid who uh, didn't grow up with Penny, uh, grew up with his mom down in Florida. Uh, Penny brought him to Memphis, uh, played on Team Penny, uh, was at East for a while, but then transferred uh, down to – went down to IMG Academy. He's really improved his game. Um, he struggled a little bit early. He does get some comparisons to uh, a poor man's Penny Hardaway. Uh, but but I think I don't, I don't see a scenario where where Penny doesn't doesn't bring uh, Dayton in to the University of Memphis, where like I said, whether it's a walk on or a scholarship player. So uh, a lot a lot of possibilities uh, of of really of, of really good talent uh, that that Penny could possibly bring to this roster. The type of players that we couldn't even sniff uh, under Tubby Smith. So if Tiger Nation, you got to be excited about that. Um, a lot of those names, like I said. It, especially at the top of the list of James Wiseman, Anthony Simon, Sharif O'Neal, possibly DJ Jeffries, uh, five- and four-star kids, uh, Tyler Harris, which is a Memphis kid, and you, you know how we love Memphis kids, to, to have that connection. Uh, it, it's going to be fun, man. I'm so excited about this and about the opportunity that we could finally have Tiger basketball back to, to where Tiger basketball should be because what we've seen over, over the last few years is not Tiger basketball. Tiger basketball is not an 18,000 seat arena with with 800 people in. It's just not. It's just not what we're used to seeing. Tiger basketball is not a, a, a team full of, of JUCOs and, and no disrespect to those kids because they played their butts off. But that's not that's not Tiger basketball. I mean, you don't have to have all Memphis kids, but give me one or two. Give me one or two Memphis kids. That's what we're used to. The Memphis recruiting has been the backbone of this program for before I was born and will be after I die. I'm sure would be the backbone of this Memphis program, and, and you can't get away from that. we got to get back to it. we got to get that FedEx form rocking again. I mean, you'd even see it in flashes of it even this year. Um, the LSU game, I think there was about 9,000 there. Uh, it was probably the biggest crowd of the, of the season. Cincinnati, probably the second biggest crowd of the season. You could see flashes where there weren't a lot of people there, but the people there were loud, they were passionate, and they were engaged to the game. Uh, the student section was full for those two, those two games. And it's just fun, man. We got to get back to that. There's just been a disconnect from this program, this program to the city over the last couple of years, and it's just that can't be. This program is so important to the city on so many levels, and the resources are there. And I'm telling you, I know a lot of people question Penny Hardaway and his experience, but Penny is going to get this thing back rolling. I, I fully believe that Penny Hardaway is the only man that could have saved it. You could have brought some other coaches in, and they would have done a, a, a decent job. But I think Penny is the only guy, especially quickly, is the only guy that could, was, could be the shot in the arm that this program needed to quickly put butts back in the seat, to 
quickly be able to get these five- and four-star kids. I think Penny is the only guy that could have done that, and this is the definitely the right, right move for this program. I know there's a lot of Tubby Smith supporters out there, and that's fine. You can support Tubby Smith, but Tubby Smith was not right for this University of Memphis program, and this hiring of Penny Hardaway is going to bring this program back to prominence, I guarantee you. You hear that right here from me, Isaac Simpson, right here on TSR Live. Penny Hardaway is going to bring this program back, and he's going to have the same rocking and rolling, and this program is going to be the program that it should be. I mean, $25 million practice facility over there, but you're coming in fifth in the AAC. You got, can't get anything done in recruiting. It just doesn't add up. I mean, this program is on a higher level than what we've seen the last couple of years, and Penny knows that, the city knows that, and he's going to make sure that we get back to that. But, again, if you want to jump in here uh, on TSR Live, you have any thoughts, Tiger like Nation, on the hiring of Penny Hardaway. If you don't like the hiring of Penny Hardaway, if you think they should have kept Tubby, I want to hear from you, 917-889-9149. Again, it's 917-889-9149. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at underscore Man Cave Podcast. Again, that's at underscore Man Cave Podcast. Now, kind of look at the staff. I, I've heard so many, so many names over the last week. I've heard, I've heard myself. I've heard you. Uh, I've heard everybody under the sun um, is going to be an assistant coach for Penny. But in, in all seriousness, man, I think the first name uh, that we, we kind of heard was, was Larry Brown, and that was very polarizing uh, amongst the, the, the Tiger Nation fan base because uh, Larry – Though credentials-wise, you probably couldn't bring in a better guy. Um, coach guys, one of the only guy in history to win a national championship in, in, in the NCAA and won an NBA title is Larry Brown. Just a wealth of experience, loves to teach. But it's also, he has some, some skeletons in the closet. Pretty much everywhere he's been um, in the NCAA, he's had issues uh, with compliance and, and sanctions. Um, and a lot of people felt that they, that they didn't want to bring Larry Brown in here uh, because the potential of, of probation and, and some issues, especially with the level of talent that we we expect Pitty to bring in, a lot of people wasn't didn't feel safe with Larry Brown. I think that name kind of cooled, and I think that's probably because of some of the 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 negative talk about it. I, I think that it's always been thought of with the experience factor that that Penny needed to to bring in an experienced guy that he could lean on. Now, I'm not of the opinion that opinion as much as some other people are. I think Penny can handle this job. I think he's fully capable. Guys played basketball at the highest level. Just won his third third state championship in a row. Runs a high-level AAU program. I mean, he's a high school coach, but this guy is recruiting talent at the high school level. It's not like this is not a normal high school situation. And you also got a guy who knows the climate of this city, played for the university, knows all the ins and outs of the city, knows pretty much everybody in the city can – has his hand on pretty much everything that's going on. He knows the people to talk to. He's already familiar with these people. It's not like he has to come in and build relationships. He already has these relationships. So I, Penny can do this job. Now, does he need to bring in a veteran coach? Yeah, I mean, I think anybody should bring in a veteran coach. I think even if you're a head coach before, if it's not your first stop as a, a D1 head coach, I think you could always use that veteran voice on your bench. I'm a big proponent of, of bringing in – guys that are former head coaches as assistants. If you can bring in a guy that's a former head coach as an assistant for you, I, I, think, that's a, I, I think that's really good. Um, but, but there are some things outside of coaching and recruiting that it takes to run a D1 program. And another name we've heard is Paul Hewitt. Uh, and and I, I really love, out of all the names I've heard, I really love Paul Hewitt, former Georgia Tech and Jordan Mason head coach 
has 321 career wins um, as a head coach. I think Paul Hewitt would be a fantastic hire uh, for, for Penny Hardaway. Um, it's a guy who, who knows how to do it, uh, who has a lot of experience. Head, like I said, head coach at Georgia Tech, head coach at George Mason, who's done it, who's ran a D1 program. When, when things pop up, a guy that can see things coming that maybe you don't see coming that you, when, when you've never been a, a, a D1 head coach, um, a guy who can, can help you with some of the things like first-year transition things like, because he's done it. I mean, and Paul Hewitt is a good guy, a really, really good guy. He's clean um, and, and is a good, will be a good ambassador for your program. Uh, Paul Hewitt would be a fantastic hire for Penny Hardaway. So I've heard that name, and I hope there's some truth for that because I'd love Paul Hewitt to be on the staff. Now, Mike Miller, former NBA player, former Grizzly, Mike Miller, two-time Grizzly, uh, Mike Miller is, is another name that I've heard. And, and I, I got to give it to Mike, man. Mike, Mike is here now. Uh, Mike lives here in Memphis full time. Um, and you don't see a lot of guys, especially NBA guys, that stay here after their playing career is over, after they leave the Grizzlies. And Mike Miller has been one of those guys, met his wife here um, and, and raised his kids here um, and stayed here, always kept a house here. Uh, even when he was going to, to other stops along his NBA journey, always kept a lot of hair and then kept a house here. Now that it appears that he's done playing, He's around the city, man, all the time. You go all around and see Mike here around Memphis. And I, and I think I really respect him for that because he really seems like he wants to be one of us and that he gets the climate and, and the culture of this city. You see him at Tiger Games. Uh, he's sitting there courtside uh, several games this year. Mike Miller was in attendance. So I wouldn't be mad at that hire at all. As long as he hires that veteran guy, uh, I, I think it, it doesn't – he can take, take his pick of the other guys that he puts on staff. If he brings in a Paul Hewitt, I think – Mike Miller would be a fantastic addition because he has M33M, so he has some some connections to kids as well. Um, he has played on the highest level uh, along with Penny, so he knows what it takes to get kids to that level, and he's a known commodity here in the city, which I think also helps in, in recruiting. So uh, I wouldn't be mad at a Mike Miller hire at all. Um, Tony Matlock, who was the, was the interim head coach down in Ole Miss, um, I think – would, would would be a great hire as well. Um, Attack Alon played basketball uh, for the University of Memphis. A known name has, has been around the block as an assistant. Uh, like I said, it was the interim head coach at Ole Miss and brings a lot of experience. I mean, a guy that Penny is familiar with. I'm sure a guy that Penny trusts. Um, and I think it would be fantastic to have Tony on his staff. And uh, out of all these names, I think Tony Madlock is a lock. I think 100% Tony Madlock will be on Penny's staff. So you can mark him down. Uh, as a member of that staff. Um, and it's just so many possibilities. I've also, coming up today, we've heard of two former Tiger, former Cal's assistants here at Memphis, Steve Rocaforte. Uh, he's been a head coach at at, at Lamar, coached uh, under Cal for three years here in Memphis. Um, and he's now assistant at Virginia Tech. Also, Tony Barbie, uh, who's been a head coach at Auburn, who's now at Kentucky with uh, Cal right now. And I, I don't know about those, those two names. And, and why I say that is because if you're going to be recruiting against Kentucky, and you know especially Tony Barbie, it's been a while since Steve Rocaforte has worked with, with Cal, but if you Tony Barbie is extremely loyal to Cal. I think he probably probably gives Cal accolades for, for help to start his career. I think he probably feels like he owes Cal. And to bring him on staff, I think that would kind of be weird with his relationship with Cal when you're going to be recruiting against Cal for players. I'm not sure if I would really fully trust Tony Barbie or, or, or even Rocaforte guys 
to have any cow connections because uh, it, I, I just don't know. I feel like they a lot of people have loyalty to Cal, and I think they might feel like that, and I'm not sure they would be the best guys to have in your corner. But I've also heard about, and I talked about this early this morning, uh, but source told me that former Melrose High School head coach, very successful at Melrose High School, now associate head coach at UT Martin, Jermaine Johnson. Um, I was told by a source this morning that Jermaine Johnson views being at Memphis as his dream job and that he would jump at the opportunity to be an assistant on Penny's staff at the University of Memphis. And I would absolutely love Jermaine Johnson being on his staff. Uh, Jermaine Johnson knows the city of Memphis. Um, I love the, the idea of, quote, keeping it Memphis, bringing in Memphis guys that understand what it takes. Because like, like Keith Russell said, Memphis is a different place. Uh, Memphis is not uh, unlike probably anywhere else you would go in the country. There's uh, underbelly to recruiting. There's things that you have to deal with here in the city. And being a former high school coach here, Jermaine Johnson knows that scene. Uh, what better to have a guy on your staff that knows the high school scene here in Memphis that can recruit guys here in Memphis? Because like I said, Memphis recruiting is the lifeblood of this program. And Jermaine Johnson knows Memphis recruiting. So right there, man, he, he's a fit. He's a fit on the staff. He would be one of my top choices. Um, another guy which I haven't heard a lot of traction on, I brought the name up when – um, it was found out that this was going to happen for sure. Jordan Mincy uh, down in Florida is a bulldog in recruiting. Uh, from Memphis, uh, knows this scene as well, comes in, still comes in here for Florida and recruits Memphis. And like I said, just an absolute dog uh, when it comes to recruiting and I think would be good, really good for Memphis. Hadn't heard his name a lot, but it's a name that I brought up here early. Antonio Anderson, of course, uh, one of the most beloved Tiger basketball players ever, was a head high school basketball coach up in New Jersey, I think, uh, right right now, uh, he would be a great addition to the staff. Murray Barto, uh, of course, son of late great Dean Barto, former head coach of the University of Memphis, fame, and, and as UAB as well, uh, was the interim head coach of, of the South Florida Bulls back in 2017. Is another veteran guy, a name that I brought up, um, and I've also heard it as well as a, a possible possible guy on this staff uh, would be interested. I think he's another veteran guy he could bring in, has that name recognition with a lot of, especially a lot of the older fans know that Bartow name, which is, is legendary here in Memphis as well. So I wouldn't be mad at that. Uh, for Roger Phillips, uh, head coach over at Whitehaven High School, who pretty defeated in the state championship game yesterday, is also a name that I've heard uh, as a potential member of the staff, which I, I believe Tony Matlock is a lock, and I believe for Roger Phillips will have even if he, if it's the the director position, I think he will have a position on Penny's staff. So expect that. Uh, so the two names that I'm most sure about are Tony Maglock and Faraji Phillips will both be in the fold for Penny Hardaway, man. But it, it's an exciting time for this program. Like I said, I'm a, I grew up watching Tiger basketball. Um, I'm an alum of the university. Um, I cover the team now media-wise. I'm a lifelong fan. And all I want is for this program to be – where it should be. I've seen how this program can bring this city together, black, white, Asian, the, the Latino. It doesn't matter. This program, everybody comes together when bas Tiger basketball is doing well. And we just haven't had that over the last several years. I mean, Tiger basketball is the city of Memphis. And we can't let this program, can't let this program sink. It's sunk enough. And Penny, like I told you earlier, Penny Hardaway is the guy to bring this thing back. I truly do believe that. In my heart, I, I don't I don't see any scenario where this doesn't work. I know a lot of people aren't sure of this, and I could end up being wrong. 
it won't be the first time in my life <laughs> that, that that I've been wrong. But I truly believe in my heart that Penny Hardaway is the man for the job. And on Tuesday, this program is going to take a huge step forward uh, in, in, in bringing this thing back to where it should be, man. But I want to thank thank Keith Easterwood uh, for joining me early in the first segment of the program. Always enjoy his insight. Definitely going to catch up with him again here in the near future on TSR Live. Always has his ear to the streets, man. Knows Memphis. Uh, has been been working it for years. A uh, lot of lot of experience with what goes on here with the the street corner clowns, as he says, uh, the hobos uh, here in, in the city of Memphis. That underbelly of Memphis recruiting, he knows all about that, and, and we all here at Memphis knows all about that. And and, and one thing, real quick, man, I want to, and I talked about this. The national media guys coming out and, and and bashing the program for for firing Tubby. Those guys don't, and they they need to keep they need to shut their mouth basically. Because they have no idea what's going on down here. They don't. Under, if you're not from Memphis, you don't understand Memphis. Like this is like I was talking about all show. There, there's no place, no other place in the world. I don't think like Memphis. It's just a different place. And if you're not here and don't know here on a daily basis, you don't understand this city. All that they know is Tubby Smith is this respected Hall of Fame guy, and they won 21 games, and that's all they know. That's all they look at. How could you fire an esteemed respectable Hall of Fame-level coach, national championship-winning coach after winning 21 games like Tubby Smith. How you do it is because the program is bleeding money. How you do it is because the guy didn't build a relationship they need to build when he first got here. How you do it is the guy's not in on any of this these tremendous worth of talent that we have here in the city you know, on the high school scene. That's how you do it. There's just a connect, disconnect here from the city and when you're the head coach of the University of Memphis basketball, you have to be Memphis. And I think Cal said it, said it best uh, years ago. He said if you, if you hug the city of Memphis, it'll hug you back. And Tubby Smith never reached out to hug the city of Memphis. And in essence, that's why he's no longer the coach here at the University of Memphis. And Penny Hardaway is about to be announced as the head coach on Tuesday. But, again, I want to thank Keith Easterwood for joining me. It's been a great day. Definitely going to be a lot to talk about, so sure I'll be right back here on TSR Live in the coming days uh, to discuss because there's a lot going to be going on. I think it's going to happen pretty quickly, a lot of recruiting, a lot of information on who stays, who goes, a lot of staff additions, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, but, again, I want to thank Tiger Nation for tuning in. Um, if you missed any of the program and couldn't, or couldn't listen to it live, you can find all our programs here from TavisSportsReport.com on iTunes and iHeartRadio, just search TigerSportsReport.com, hit the subscribe button, and you're going to be good to go. Tonight's show, it'll probably be on there probably about an hour after it concludes. Also, make sure you go to TigerSportsReport.com. We have the 901 program in full effect. And what's that mean? Uh, You can get a full year, your first year subscription of TigerSportsReport.com for $9.01. Again, that's a full year of TigerSportsReport.com, your first year for $9.01. And one cent. All exclusive information. Uh, we we don't always get the credit for for breaking a lot of the news that we break here at TigerSportsReport.com. But if you check check our records, we're usually the first out there with all the breaking news for the Tigers. Now it was it's football, basketball, uh, recruiting, whatever it is. TigerSportsReport.com should be your number one number one source for for Tiger athletic news. Uh, but again, I've been your host Isaac Simpson. You can find me on Twitter at underscore man cave podcast. You can find 
my colleague, the founder, creator, and editor of TigerSportsReport.com, Brian Moss. You can find him on Twitter at Brian underscore Rivals. That's B-R-Y-A-N underscore Rivals, uh, B-R-Y-A-N underscore Rivals. Like I said, big day for the University of Memphis, possibly coming up on Tuesday, uh, a press conference to announce Penny Holloway as your next head coach. Like I said, it's going to be a lot to talk about over the coming week, and I should be right back here on TSR Live. Until next time, always, as always, go, Tigers, go. You, you, you my own, the beat, what's up?